following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Comcast. It's a live edition of Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy from the PNC Studios here at Hallis Hall alongside 85 Bear Tom Thayer. I'm Zach Saban. So pleased to be joined by Bears wide receiver Dontrell Inman on the show for the very first time. And I'm not going to waste any time. So after the game against Cincinnati, Bears blow them out 33-7. to Kendall Wright, huge game that day. In the locker room, he's talking to the media. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, we have a nickname. We call ourselves, he's talking about the wide receiver group, mm-hmm. we call ourselves 7-11. <laughs> That's funny. Kendall, Kendall loves to say that during practice. He loves to say it when he's not getting the ball. He loves to say it all the time. So it's, it's, it's funny that he says that is there in that ever, interview. Is there ever a time where any wide receiver that plays in the NFL believes he's not open? Uh, <laughs> when he's on the sideline. Yeah. That's, that's, the only, that's the only time. You know, since you've been here, you've been the most targeted receiver. The Bears have had the most yards, the most touches, everything. Mm-hmm. You kind of revitalize a position that was so desperate for help. Um, this past Sunday, did you forget to get on the plane? Yeah, they didn't give me my ticket. They, didn't get, <laughs> they, they forgot to put my ticket in, you had in my locker. You zero targets? Zero targets, zero catches. Uh, the first thing I did was I, uh, I sat in my locker. I, just, I said, let me go to my idols and see <laughs> if this ever happened to one of them before. <laughs> so I went to Randy Moss's stats. It took me a long time to find one, but I found I found a game. I was like, okay, there it is. Okay, I'm good. So then I went to my next idol, Kobe Bryant. And I was like, I know Kobe has had a game where he hasn't scored any points. So I looked, and he's like, okay. Then I went to my next one, Michael Jordan, and I was like, okay. Mike's never had a game where he, <laughs> <laughs> where he scored zero points. So, but it was it was good. It was it was refreshing. It was the 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 biggest part of it was just seeing the smile on on the guys' faces in the locker room, uh, getting that W because that would hasn't been with six games. It was six games and we're fiending for a win. And it, it's tough when you when you know you could beat a team and you just fall short. So. Um, that was great to just just finally just blow someone out. But, you know, you've breathed some life into a position that's so desperately needed at the point you came here mm-hmm. because they were looking for something out of the receiver position. But, you, you know, you bring in a 6'3 frame, 200 pounds and all that, something that it's, – it's interesting to see what the opponent will do to make sure Dontrell Inman doesn't beat him, but then, that, oh, then you see 10 catches for Kendall Wright. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like – Right now, a weird transition that you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to go through because you are a bright light in a position that's been so dim for a long time. Yeah, um, it's always good. It's always good to be wanted. It's always good to be targeted. But um, at the same time, if if getting those targets causes your team to lose, then it's 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 for nothing really. So it, it's good that you know Kendall got those ten catches because we can see that we can spread the ball in different parts of the field. And that just yeah. gets you more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What were they doing that that created? Because that hasn't been there. Yeah, um, they well when we spread it, we spread Tariq out um, a lot last game, and the middle of the field was open a lot because they when Tariq was to my side, of course, you know they was trying to ease to my side and ease to Tariq's side. Anytime you see Tariq go out of the backfield, you can see eleven defenders just pointing to where he's at, right. you know. Right. So all eyes on him, and you just dump it to Kendall in the middle. So now they have to actually play each position evenly. 
when you uh, did you have anybody here that you were familiar with that could help you make a faster transition or a friendly face when you went out to practice the first couple of days? Uh, Cal, you know how silly Cal is. Cal Long, because yes. me and Chris played together. Right, right. So, so Cal would come around UVA. Young Cal would come around UVA, <laughs> and uh, he was funny then. He's funny now, and um, is he was he was just 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 welcoming me with the open arms. So that was cool. He made the transition a lot comfortable. Uh, me and Ryan Pace, as you know, we met uh, six years ago. So he was making the transition comfortable for me. Did you well. remember meeting him? Because Ryan has changed a lot in six years in the NFL life. Yeah. Did, did you remember him as a younger guy than he is now? Oh, for sure. He's he's almost the same. He's almost the same. Still looks the same. Um, I, I made sure I kept in contact with him. Uh, I remember when he got the job here few years ago and congratulated him and he told me how much that meant and I told him eventually we'll get together <laughs> sooner or later. Yeah, for people who don't know the story, you were yeah. uh, a guy in the CFL playing for mm -hmm. Toronto, very successful there, mm -hmm. and then you started working out for, for NFL teams, including yeah. Ryan Pace when he was with the Saints. Yeah, Ryan Pace when he was with the Saints. It, it may have been my last workout and um, after that workout, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm exhausted. Because we just uh, we didn't win the championship, but we were a game away from it. So uh, we went deep into the playoffs, and I was just like, I'm exhausted after this this last workout. And Ryan was excited; he wanted me to sign there so bad. But the Chargers won; they won the bid on where I was going to go. Think about it: a, a choice to play with Drew Brees or Philip Rivers. Right. You, you can't go wrong you can't with either go one, wrong. right? You can't go wrong. Closest to the well, they're both close to the ocean. Right, yeah. absolutely. The, the the other thing that I think is interesting is just in the time that Ryan Pace has been Bears general manager, and in talking to the different players that he's acquired, he likes to establish a personal relationship with all the guys that he brings in. Mm -hmm. And did he write you a note when you first came here? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, which I can't remember. It would, may have been after my first game. He wrote me a note. Uh, he was just telling me that uh, when you look back at this this day, um, ten years from now, uh, make sure you you've capitalized and you've used all your resources and you you were able to just seize the moment and reap the benefits of your opportunity because you never want to go back and be like, dang, I wish I would have did this or I wish I would have done that. So he just he's just constantly reminding me that you know. Everything happens for a reason. Make the best of this opportunity. And, you know, I'm here for you any time you need me. We'll go back five years ago. You know, mm -hmm. Ryan says go back ten years ago. Let's go back five years ago. You're thinking of the Canadian Football League, and you're having success. Is there anything that you brought to the NFL as just a receiver that has helped you throughout your NFL career? Or was it such a different style of football that – there that that tempo of play doesn't translate to the NFL. Mm, well, the tempo the tempo of play is actually faster than the NFL, right? Because it's two and out, so uh, you have two downs to get a first down. The field's wider, the field's longer, so you have to be in two times the shape. It's kind of like you playing basketball on a football field. Because I think my my so the two downs take a little bit more toll on you in terms oh, of exa being exhausted. Definitely, because if just say, for instance, you're playing special teams. I right. think my first, my my rookie year, I was playing special teams, and you you're playing those first two downs. You punt the ball. You're on punt. Defense goes out, two and out. You're on punt return. Right. Now you're back on offense. Don't if you score, 
you 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 did that whole drive. Right. Now you're on kickoff. Right. <laughs> you know, right. defense gets two and out, then you're back on offense. So it's 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 you, hard to think about. You know, we watch Canadian football league, but you don't think at the pace in which the players are yeah. living through. Yeah, Definitely. You never think about yeah. that. When, when we come back, I want to know what it's like when someone tells you no, mm-hmm. and just what you have to do that inner drive to get to the position that you're in right now. Dontrell Inman is our guest, Bears wide receiver. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. 85 Bear Tom Thayer's here. I'm Zach Sadman, Bears wide receiver. Dontrell Inman, our guest for the hour here on the show and uh Dontrell I know that anytime something's not given to you you know that they're mm-hmm. they're different layers to to the National yeah. Football League they're guys that get drafted high and get every opportunity to succeed and then they're guys that get told no and, and I'm sure that wasn't fun coming out of Virginia where you have to go to the CFL to prove yourself and then come back and earn your way into the National Football League what drove you during that period in time um I think it was it was 2011. That was a lockout year, so um, there was no rookie mini camp. There was no OTAs. None of that. You just thrown into the fire. So um, it was kind of a blessing and a curse because uh, I think when you do the the rookie mini camp, you don't, they only take one guy out of that rookie mini camp. Um, so it, they they already decided okay. I need you to come to training camp. And I think the one thing that that drove me um, after being released was I knew that I belonged in this league. Um, going through training camp and just falling short of, I think my last game I may have um, got dinged and I think I dropped like two two passes that game. But I was having a phenomenal camp, like uh, outstanding camp. Everything that I was doing, everything the right way, catching, blocking, finishing everything I was doing the right way in training camp and this is that last game it just it just fell short so um from that I was just like there's no way I'm not getting back to this position right now and there's no way I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let up no matter what you know in a Canadian league do you have to block because here you got Jordan Howard you have Tariq Cohen to the outside if you guys spring a block mm-hmm. that may let those guys get a touchdown um but in in the Canadian league were you guys so busy throwing the ball and running routes that they didn't pay attention to the details of wide receiver blocking because it's important in the NFL. Um, I think they 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 do and they don't is because it, it, it happens so quick. Um, and a lot of times you're going to play 80, 80 to ninety plays at times. Sometimes so they don't really harp on the blocking just as long as you're you're not loafing. So right. if, you, if you see your teammate and you're loafing, it, it kind of appears as if you're selfish. So no no guy wants to see their teammate, you know, not spring for a touchdown if they know they could help them out. So they never harped on it, but it's it's it was done. Well, Zach mentioned you going to the Canadian League. When you got done with the Canadian League and you went to your you had your next NFL experience, did you say, yeah. "All right, come on, guys, bring it on"? Bring after it on. what I've been able to establish yeah. in the Canadian League, for sure. Because I I I'll, I'll take it a step back further. So the Canadian League people think is easy to get into. Uh, half of the league has to be Canadian. Right. So you're competing. The other half of the team is only Americans. So it's like 21 of you Americans on a football team of 47, I want to say. So um, 
when I first got there, I was the fourth string. I think it was like I was like the fourth string Z or something like that. There isn't fourth string. I was the only right. one on fourth string. <laughs> <laughs> so I was the only right, one. Right, right. So I was like, okay, here we go again. But it's, it's not going to bother me. I just just put my blinders on and just just worked hard every day. What and, are, What are the different cities in Canada? What's the the craziest road trip? You know, because I'm sure when you yeah. with your days with the Chargers going up to Oakland to play the Raiders was probably yeah. a little crazy. Yeah, the the craziest. Um, I would say Montreal is pretty crazy because the the Montreal Toronto rivalry is is pretty steep. It's Bears Packers, yeah. <laughs> and Edmonton Edmonton is is almost like what well, I would say it is like an NFL team. The way they they have their facilities in their locker room and their stadium is just as is if you're you know going close to to Seattle. And I know uh, BC is like that as well. Right. So um, those two cities were were probably the craziest cities. Have you played in every NFL stadium? Like, have you played in Detroit before? I played in Detroit before. I think it may have been last year we played in Detroit. You um, know, kind of different when you go in with a divisional team and you think yeah. about the way that crowd is going to fill that stadium and how rowdy yeah. it's going to be. You know, different kind of impact mm-hmm. playing the same team with different organizations. Yeah, it's it's definitely different. I think when I was playing Detroit last year, I think um, – I think we had the energy of uh, Antonio being home because he's from Detroit. Right, right. So um, I know it's going to be some type of energy because it's a divisional game. Right. You know, there's always a, a level up when it's a divisional Saturday game. Saturday by yourself, too, is kind of unique in its own right, you yeah, know, because yeah, yeah. all those NFL people waiting for Sundays. All eyes on you. Right. Yeah, all eyes on you. There's two games. You know, everybody's going to be watching either your game or the next game. And when they're watching the next game, your highlights will be up there, right. you know, if you make some. So – those Saturday games, Thursday night games, and Monday night games are we call it the prime time games. We call those the money games. That's where you get your money. Right. You know, so. Speaking of prime time, Devin Hester, the former Bear, just mm-hmm. recently retired this week. He was a guy who loved when the lights were on. Yeah. That, that's when he wanted to play at his best. He wanted a touchdown every single time the Bears played a night game. He had a goal of wanting to score in every stadium in the NFL that he played in. Now he ended up with twenty return touchdowns. Yeah. How would he have done in Canada with the extra real estate. Oh, he would have lit it up. He would have. He would. He would have <laughs> tore that league up because the return game there, you have to give the returner an opportunity to catch the ball. So if the ball is bouncing, you have to give them five yards to pick the ball up. Oh wow! Yeah. So he would have shredded that league. I don't know if you remember the name um, Chad Owens. Right. But, uh, Chad, from Hawaii, wasn't from he? Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Chad Owens didn't quite make it in the NFL, but he's. He's like he's old as dirt right now, but he's still <laughs> returning, still catching balls up there in Canada. And his thing was just returning. He wants to return everyone for a touchdown. Now, I understand that yesterday, or maybe today, mm-hmm. in the Bears locker room, mm-hmm. the, the greatest return man in history argument came up uh, uh, among you guys. Yeah, it was. they were arguing. They asked me, who do you think is better out of Dante Hall and Devin Hester? I was like, are y'all serious? The guy who has all the <laughs> records for for touchdowns in the return, man. Who is they? Who who, uh, who is they? It was a, it was a big group. I can't remember who it was. I know uh, Josh Bellamy was in it. He was for Devin Hester. Um, Tariq was in it. Um, I can't remember who else was in it, but. Uh, it was it was it was about ten of us. It was about ten of us. After the break, will you tell us if you think he's Hall of Fame worthy? Oh, I definitely will. Plus, Joshua Bellamy asked me this in the locker room earlier this season, 
Calvin Johnson or Andre Johnson? Who was the better receiver? Mm. It's a very heated argument we'll discuss next with Calvin Johnson, an NFL receiver yeah. in Dontrell Illman. That's Tom Thayer. He's here. I'm Zach Zaidman. Bears All Access rolls on on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Travel to Punta Cana, Dominican Republic in February with Apple Vacations and your favorite Bears. Visit applevacations.com slash bears for more information. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. 85 Bear Tom Thayer's here. I'm Zach Zaidman, Bears wide receiver. Dontrell Inman is our guest. And, you know, the, the Bears are no different than real people. Upstairs in the locker room, they're always arguing about all the different things that we argue about, right? Including Devin Hester. Is he a Hall of Famer? For sure. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer. I think um, what he's displayed, the records that he's broken, and the fear that he put in coaches and and just athletes is phenomenal. You everybody's on their seat. I remember when I think I was still in college. When I was in college and I would watch a Bears game, uh, I would just okay they're about to kick it to death, right? <laughs> right? Just pay attention just real quick, and it, it, it he'd always light it up every time. Always light it up. He's that, that's neat when you get to come across those guys throughout your career because they're mm-hmm. unique that you would get up and watch. And yeah. throughout my career, it was guys like Barry Sanders. They couldn't be on the field without watching it. And yeah. I think being able to broadcast what Devin was able to accomplish here. It's interesting because you know the the, the you know you modern day athletes. It's mm-hmm. always interesting how you feel about a guy's talent from a, a generation ago. Even though yeah. he just retired, he hasn't been around for a few years. But mm-hmm. it's always interesting the argument because he did change the position. You know when they put him back there on a long field goal and he returned it. Was it against the Giants the first time? Yep. It, and made their well, their offensive line are the protectors on extra point field goal, so he made those guys look bad because of that short field short goal, you know. Yeah. And he did change the way coaches think about it now, and mm-hmm. you know, other players do absolutely it. kick it out of bounds, right? <laughs> Just kick it out of bounds, right. you know. So yeah, for sure. What do you think of Tariq Cohen as a return man? Because you've seen a few of them in the National Football League. He's yeah. unlike anybody you've seen. I tell him all the time. Sometimes I have to remind him, and I was like. Lose five to get fifty-five. You're fast. <laughs> Lose five, you get fifty-five. Yeah, can you explain to me that that is just you can't do that in the NFL. No, you can't because everybody runs four three four fours. That's and usually with the guys that are on special teams that they are fast and all they want to do is that's their one play. You know, for the, another four, five, six, seven plays, they only get that one play. So it's 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 definitely going to be their best play. So. Everybody's running fast as I don't know what. So for him to just continue to just wiggle, 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 I was like, the kid is fast. You know, for the short time you've been here to see the guys like Tariq Cohen and Adam mm-hmm. Shaheen and Mitchell Trubisky, have you seen growth in all these guys? And because you have the different experiences that you've been able to grow through, can you see these guys um, being motivated in the right direction to be able to use their talents to the best of their futures and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. As you can see, Mitch had his had his uh, best game this season. Uh, you can see Tariq is doing things that you know a lot of rookies sometimes it takes a while for for them to do, and it's you can see the growth. And as long as they stay on that path of wanting to be great, wanting to get better, um, you're going to see a lot of good things from those guys. You know the difficulty of you and the quarterback having a good relationship to every different all the little nuances that change throughout the time mm-hmm. you break the huddle to the time you actually get the football. Um, do you guys have conversations during the practice week to 
for you to tell him exactly how you would like to run a route, or do you guys just you know have some back and forth to learn each other better? Uh, yeah, we always talk about different types of leverages, and if this happens, you can expect me to do this, and he he, he likes he says yes or or no. Usually, Mitch is a rookie, so nine times out of ten, <laughs> he's gonna always say yes. But uh, that's that's the battle. I was like, listen, Mitch, you, you just take the leash off yourself and just go out there and just just have fun. You know, whatever you like, you can have as a quarterback in this league. You, it's it's your show. Is there a world between he and Philip Rivers just because of the experience of Philip Rivers and mm-hmm. life and everything, and then Mitchell Trubisky? Uh, definitely. You could. I think I remember a play where um, maybe we were playing Jacksonville. And I've never seen a defense call a timeout because they knew they were about to get shredded by a quarterback because he <laughs> checked. And I think they were running cross dog, and um, they tried to disguise it. And he yelled it out, cross dog. He checked to, to this side and checked to that side. The defense coordinator said timeout. And Phil, Phil, you know, Phil, he's a firecracker. Right. Phil walked over to the defensive coordinator. He said, yeah, I got you. He was going to go here. He was going to go there. You were going to bring him off the edge. And it is, that's that's the difference. Mitch has a little bit of a way to go, but Phil's 14 years in. Right, right. You know, it, well, it's yeah, going to be fun to be able to watch, to watch Mitchell him Trubisky get to yeah, that point. Get to that point, yeah. So that's the difference. Um, and I'm excited to see him grow because he has the potential, and you right. can see the fire in him and the fire in his eyes. Yeah, you know, we, we heard from Bobby Massey last week talking about how he's not afraid of the veteran lineman in the huddle, and he'll tell him to be quiet in his way if he needs to. But, you know, when you practice with him, Mm -hmm. I think some of the things that people don't know, he's usually, after practice, taking the receivers. If you guys missed a route for whatever reason in the actual practice, you're going to redo it in the next 30, 40 minutes after practice out Mm -hmm. on the field. Yeah, absolutely. um, I used to have one of my older teammates who was a receiver, uh, and this applies to quarterbacks, too. He used to say reps and touches. So it, as many reps you get, as much times you touch the ball, the more comfortable you're going to be with the ball in your hands. And that's him. His timing is better. His drops are better. His decision-making is better. So you see that the more he gets more comfortable with guys and seeing things, even if a defense isn't in his face, he's still visual, visualizing and still going through his routine to be more comfortable with the game. Does one guy have to adjust more than the other? Because you're always going to run at the speed that mm-hmm. that is is your gift. Um, you know, who has to adjust you think the most? Um, I would say the quarterback. Right. Because I've seen Phil struggle in OTAs when we've got a Travis Benjamin or we've got, you know, a Stevie Johnson who who's not conventional. Right. You know, Stevie, put your right foot up. Nah, I like it with my left <laughs> foot up, you know. And and you've seen Stevie produce so much by doing his style of play. His style of play is I'm going to play basketball on the football field. And Travis's style is I'm going to be the speed demon. So the, the biggest hurdle is the quarterback because, you know, you can have this fast guy, but you can't throw it the same as if you have this shifty finesse guy. So it's definitely the quarterback. So the Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson argument that mm-hmm. took place in the Bears locker room. I know Quentin Demps, the former Texan, was trying to tell everyone in the locker room, hey, Andre Johnson is better than Calvin Johnson. Now, Tom and I got mm-hmm. to see Calvin Johnson just about every year he was in the National Football League in the, in the NFC North. Mm-hmm. You're a wide receiver, so you have a, a greater appreciation for this than most. Who yeah. would you say is better? I'm taking Calvin. Uh, Calvin 6'5". 
Calvin ran like he was 5'10", 180, but he's 6'5", 235, 240, and can flat out fly and catch everything within, you could say, 10 yards of him, you know. So uh, Andre Johnson's good, too. Don't, don't get me right. wrong. No one would complain <laughs> having Andre Johnson on their team. Yeah, Andre's good, too. Andre was a great route runner, and he had quicks. And he had that deceptive speed to where you think you can just uh, jog, but he just hit you with a burst, and you're like, oh, shoot, he's actually fast, too. So um, I'm taking Calvin. Because any time you have a player that gets a nickname in a professional you know, <laughs> in a professional field, he, you got to go with him. Like, who's Megatron? You know right away you who we're talking about. Right and away. There can be three guys draped all over him, and he really is 7-Eleven. He is always He's open. He's always open. Well, you know, that's – unfortunately, we've had – we've been the recipient <laughs> of seeing a lot of those performances by him, and he is impressive. You know, there's – like yeah. I said, there's very few guys you get up and watch for the opponent, and – Calvin Johnson was always one. He was fortunate, too, that when they drafted Matthew Stafford, I think it was the perfect timing for Calvin for both of those guys to kind of build each other's resume. Yeah, for sure. All right, we got to take a timeout. When we come back, the Bears had a special visitor at Hallis Hall this week. We'll discuss next with Bears wide receiver Dontrell Illman. I'm Zach Zaidman. Tom Thayer is here. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW, CDW people who get it. I apparently don't. I'm Zach Sidman. It's Bears <laughs> All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Tom Thayer is here, so is our guest, Bears wide receiver Dontrell Inman. During the break, we were talking about Dontrell's uh, college career at Virginia, and Tom asked him, you know, did you uh, get a scholarship? And I, I looked at Tom like, he's crazy. I mean, like, well, why would you Why would you go to college? If you have this special ability to play football where someone is going to give you a free education, why would you walk on? And then both of you guys uh, let me know that, you know, sometimes you go to a university, they have a special major, they might not give you a scholarship, but you want to study that. Mm-hmm. So, and you can earn the scholarship. There's guys I went to with Notre Dame that wanted to go there specifically. They walked on and then ev- eventually earned the scholarship and their junior, sophomore, whatever years um, they've been, they were able to earn it. It was just their desire to to go there for you know education specific. And the reason it came up is because Dontrell in the NFL realm, mm-hmm. you your your major in college is different from most of the other people that you meet that play professional football. Absolutely, sociology. Anthropology. <laughs> <laughs> that was not Don Trell. <laughs> yeah, those were the majors. I, it was different. Uh, when I went to college, I I, I never took an art class. Um, I, I started doodling when I was a senior in high school. And when I got to college, I was like, uh, I got to find something that I actually like because I, like, I didn't like studying, which you still had to do. I didn't like studying. I didn't like reading. I didn't like writing. Um, yeah, but I love math. I was I could do math in my sleep, but my first class, uh, not to to offend anyone, but it was taught by um, someone that was from from Asia, and I couldn't understand that it was a language barrier. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I can't take any math classes now. So I was like, what's the next thing? And um, I ended up taking an art class, and I fell in love with it. Digital. Digital art, yeah. Digital art came uh, further down the road, but it started with uh, just drawing, uh, sketching, and I think we want to say printmaking. Um, So for those who aren't aware of what printmaking is, is uh, 
it's a class where you learn how to actually make paper, print on paper, back in the day where there used to be etched stones and um, and uh, what else, uh, copper prints, to where you would actually just um, in wood carving. So you take all those things and you would ink them and you would etch them onto paper. So they they taught you how you know printmaking came about, and you also learned how to make books. Can you be less talented in the drawing aspect of creativity and, and more talented in the computer aspects? Because when I hear digital, mm-hmm. I, I think it's you know some type of computer-generated <laughs> stuff. It's, Virginia's a liberal arts school, so the first thing you have to do is the basics. If you're not good at the basics, they won't let you okay. you know advance to you know the, the bigger picture. So you had to know how to draw one. Um, to you had to know how to express your work so that was the hardest thing i would draw something and the teacher would ask like why did you draw that i was like i don't know i just just like <laughs> it you know so th- that was a learning curve too don't miss your chance to win bears prizes every day now until december 24th in the 12 days of bears giveaways sweepstakes brought to you by ace hardware follow at shy bears promos on twitter to learn more zach saban tom thayer dontrell inman our guest here on bears all access brought to you by igs energy so this week zach miller returned to hallis hall for the first time since seriously injuring his leg in New Orleans. That was mm-hmm. your first game with the Bears. You probably didn't know much uh, about Zach before that, but yeah. probably after the injury from talking to the rest of the team, mm-hmm. you began to gain an appreciation for who he is. Uh, I appreciated Zach when I first got here. You know, um, Going through that first week, he was just telling me how much we were in need and uh, he, how much of a, of a player he respected me as. So I respected Zach there and... Even when he got injured, you know, he still reached out through Mitch. I think I was with Mitch at one time, and he still reached out. So you can tell that he was the heartbeat of this t- of the offense, which was is really unfortunate. Yeah, and he's got the respect of the entire locker room, and that you know that's a neat thing when you have a veteran of his type of qualities. Where what he says in when he what he says in the locker room, it means something, mm-hmm. and he leads by example because he's versatile in what he can do on the football field. And when you lose a player, you know it is about that next guy standing up. And I think we've seen it out of Deion Sims and Adam Shaheen and Daniel Brown and stuff. But you know, you just think of the interday interactions that he has with guys that you know, don't have a chance to meet guys of his caliber in everyday life. That's what you miss mostly about Zach Miller. Yeah, that's definitely what you miss the most out of it. It's, it's, it's always hard and tough when you lose a character guy in a right. locker room because those are the guys when you're, you're feeling down, you're feeling like you don't want to practice, you don't want to go to this meeting. You always have those guys that always lift you up and give you that little bit of energy you need to push through. But you know what? It's the effort you guys showed in Cincinnati, there's a lot of character guys in that locker room because you mm-hmm. don't come out under those conditions and have a performance like that. But then you got the challenge, you know, six days later, you got this, uh, probably a little bit more significant of a challenge in Detroit because mm-hmm. it is in Detroit. They yeah. have, they're playing for their playoff lives. And so I think it'll be interesting to see the emotions that you carry those with you from Cincinnati to Detroit. Oh, definitely. I think we're going to carry it. I think we're going to carry it for the rest of the season. Because the the bigger picture we're looking at is, okay, the Eagles did it this year. Right. Last year they had a terrible season. But the, I think the last four games of their season, it clicked for them. 
that, you know, we can take these next four games and build on it. So I think that's what's what's clicking and what's switching for our team. We, we, we realize that, yeah, we're young, but at the same time, we're talented. So why not just go out here and just leave it all out on the field for right. this year? Quentin Demps, apparently, from talking to the, the guys in the locker room the night before the game in Cincinnati, and I, I was talking to Joshua Bellamy. He was warming up his hands in, in front of the electric heater before the game. So was Kendall Wright. Apparently, I guess if you're play, if you're trying to catch the ball from Mitchell Trubisky mm-hmm. in, in the cold weather, your hands better be warm or else apparently you can break a <laughs> finger, from what I understand, from uh, your teammates. But, you know, Bellamy was telling me that we're playing for the culture Mm-hmm. at Hallis Hall. We're yeah. trying to change what's been going on here of late, and we're trying to flip this thing around. Mm-hmm. And you begin now. You don't wait until the offseason next year. You can build momentum now. We're playing for our coaches. He said there was I, – I guess it was a very spirited speech by yeah. Q. Yeah, his exact words were, uh, let's change the culture. It's okay if, you, if you're playing for the money or whatever you're playing for. But on the road to getting your money, change the culture. And his exact words were, change the culture and get the bag. <laughs> so, the, so the bag refers to the money. So as you're going to get your bag, as you're going to, you know, provide for your family, get the money to set you up for life and change your life, why not change the culture doing it? Well, you know, when you refer to the bag, you could be talking about playoffs as much as anything. Because eventually when you change the culture around here, mm-hmm. it's because you guys up in the locker room are having conversations about winning the division, about yeah. going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You're never going to do it if you don't talk about it. So, you know, Quentin, in the different references you could have to that, you know, you, it is money, but really, ultimately, yeah. it's about playoffs. It's about playoffs, 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 playoffs. It's, it's definitely about the playoffs because – the playoff teams, you know, and the players on the playoff teams, they it's like it's a different scale. You kind of the nor the notoriety of those players. Mm-hmm. You're okay. You're you you stick out a little more. You're known for being a playoff caliber type player, versus y'all. He's just been on this team that's always been losing and losing and losing. So it it, it always adds value if you're on a playoff team. John Trell, you look at the standings. It says four and nine. But you mentioned something, and you're not the only one who's mentioned this, that when you look inside that locker room mm-hmm. and you look at your teammates, that there is talent in that. What where, what do you see that maybe hasn't sprouted yet mm-hmm. that gives you the belief that you can make that type of turnaround that, say, the Eagles made? Yeah. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, you see, of course, you got Mitch, you got Tariq, and you got Jay Howard. And um, for me, I think it's me, me, Kendall, I think and JB is up, but the the more you keep all of us together, the more you'll see that you know the offense is going to spring so much because the teams that that prosper are the ones that been together, they've learned each other. That you can you can go out there and play faster because you know the offense. So on the offensive side, I see a whole lot. The the best is yet to come, and on the defensive side, we're young too, but. It, it's full of playmakers over there, full of playmakers. We go against it every day, so um, it's exciting. You know, playing faster, 
Do you play faster indoors? Detroit, Minnesota, you're going to be inside both days. going to be nice and warm. Then you're going to have the Cleveland game outdoors on natural turf. But it's a heated turf, so it's nice and soft. Mm-hmm. Um, are you? Do you like to go indoors at this time of the year and get the sweat going and feel fast? <laughs> Everybody loves the, the, the turf because you, you're faster. But the downfall of the turf is the maybe turf. the turf. You're right. going to be faster, but it's going to be harder for you to stop because right. you're going so fast. So, I mean, it's, it's always – uh, plus to not put on sleeves or put on extra. Right, but, you know, I'm, I'm always a natural grass guy. I, yeah. I love being in spikes and, you know, mm-hmm. you throw your body around a little bit. It's a little bit more forgiving on natural surface. And, yeah. you know, but, you know, you think at this time, when you think about the Bears, they're picking up momentum. Mitchell Trubisky's seen it, seen it faster. You guys are playing faster. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I hate to see that it's an away crowd, but I'm glad to see that it's indoors. Same, same, same. I, I don't see how anyone would rather play outdoors when it's, what, 20 degrees? <laughs> well, no, <clears throat> if it's 40 and above, it's fine. I mean, if you get one of those brutally, historically yeah, cold right. days, you, everybody hates All it. bets are off. You know, I, and again, <laughs> going back to Cincinnati this past weekend, when I was younger and growing up, when they had a game that was 70 below in Cincinnati and they were playing San Diego mm-hmm. in the playoffs, you imagine flying from San Diego to what you've been able to experience and opening the door and <laughs> I, I think he can right. yeah, I definitely can <laughs> but at least you were used to it in Toronto I know that it's indoors in Toronto but mm-hmm. you know being in, in that kind of temperature you were sort of used to it yeah sort of used to it I I may have played I got lucky though I may have played two cold games that my entire in time I was wow. in Canada yeah because um, BC has a dome um, we played Edmonton when it was warmer we played Montreal when it was warmer, um, we played Winnipeg. That was my cold game. I think it was like negative nine. Um, that was my cold game. I remember that game. And we played the championship. It was in Toronto in our dome. So it didn't have too many cold games while I was up there. Watching the Grey Cup this year, it was a snowy night up there. Yeah, it was definitely. I was like, ooh. <laughs> I can only imagine if I was in that oh, game. Oh, man, you'd find a way to. Yeah, if you're you playing for the championship, right, right. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. It's a different anytime, anytime you actually play, honestly, um, the toughest part is practicing in the cold. That's the toughest part yeah. because you don't have that adrenaline. You don't have those heaters on the sideline. You don't have the coats. Right. <laughs> okay, as, as we get ready to say goodbye here, so do you think that after what we saw from the Bears from an offensive standpoint last week that mm-hmm. maybe perhaps the receivers have earned the trust and Trubisky mm-hmm. opening it up a little bit more? Definitely. I say yes. See, I like the smile because <laughs> who knows what will happen in Detroit. I mean, it's still a Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen-based offense, but a lot can flow off of those two guys. You have a game plan like you did last week. Immediately, the expectations of the Bears fans skyrocket. Yeah. Just like I'm a Bears fan and all of us, we yeah. have big expectations this weekend. Yeah, we definitely hope to just just keep that going. I'm glad Mitch has already lived through the New Orleans experience just to have something going with this. Definitely. Dontrell, great stuff. Dontrell Inman, the Bears receiver. Thank you for joining us on the show. For Tom Thayer, I'm Zach Saban. Thanks for listening to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670. School. Thanks for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes, or download the official Chicago Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, FanDuel, and PNC.